I love divine coincidences. You know, those little winks that God gives us to remind us of his presence and his providence. Through a series of these divine coincidences, I've come to believe that the Blessed Virgin Mary just has it in for my wife and for me. Her fingerprints have been all over our lives. I'll explain what I mean coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining me for this hour of spiritual direction on Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. So the signs were there even before we knew to look for them. The little coincidences that show me, at least, that Our Lady has been in pursuit of us throughout our lives. For one, I was born in May, the month of Our Lady. My wife was born on October 7th, the memorial of Our Lady of Victory and Our Lady of the Rosary. And what's more, she was baptized on August 15th, the Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. We were also married in October, the month of the Rosary, and all of these things happened a long time before we were Catholic. As we began our Catholic journey back in 2010, we started checking out Marian devotions, and we were soon drawn to the Angelus Prayer. And I especially love the closing prayer to God, which begins, Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts. Well, somewhat later, as I was praying the Angelus and growing in my love of it, I came to find out that this prayer is the collect for the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is probably my favorite liturgical season, especially when we're deep into the O antiphons at that time. More love for the prayer, for Our Lady, and for Christ her Son. But then later still, I was astonished to find that it's also the collect for the memorial of Our Lady of the Rosary, my wife's birthday. When I found that out, even thinking of it now, I smile at the great coincidences of Our Lord and Our Lady, which, in my opinion, are not coincidences at all, but expressions of love. So what's your story of Marian devotion? How have you seen Our Blessed Mother come through for you and reach out to you in your life of faith? We're talking all about devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary today on the show. Let's welcome our spiritual director for the day, Father Peter Arminio. Father Peter is a priest of Opus Dei and a widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of recollection. Welcome back to the show, Father. Great to have you with us again. Patrick, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. this topic of Mary. I know. It's an exciting topic, especially during this month of May. And why don't we start there? Why is May particularly devoted to our Blessed Mother? Well, my speculation is that a number of reasons uh, that May is, within May you have Mother's Day. I don't know if that has a connection, but uh, also it's uh, basically, I know that technically the first month of spring begins uh, March 21st, but I, I would say spring reaches its apogee, its, its climax in the month of May, the weather changes, the sun comes out. It's a very, usually a very beautiful month. Uh, every, uh, flowers come to life. Mm-hmm. And in a certain sense, they it symbolizes the motherhood of Mary. You know, I, I realize that, you know, Jesus was born on Christmas Day, but still it, it symbolizes motherhood, new life, freshness, renewal, joy, and 
it stands to reason that that month would be uh, devoted to the Blessed Mother as Mother, because we have October that is devoted to Mary as Our Lady of the Rosary. Mm. And so those, and then I'd say what also sweetens the pot a bit is that uh, the first apparition of Mary in Fatima occurred in May, May 13th. Sure. So it's another added reason uh, for May, uh, May being the month of Mary. Yeah. Well, we're celebrating. I hope that works. That, that, that works. It works for, <laughs> works for me. Um, we're celebrating our Blessed Mother this month all the way through the month. Wonderful thing. Of course, we had Walk to Mary coming up here in just a few days, yes. and we've got uh, wonderful things going on to uh, continue and deepen our devotion to Mary. And maybe that's another good starting out question, Father. When we're talking about Marian devotion, some people, there might be non-Catholics listening. There may be Catholics who are just kind of wading into the idea of Marian devotion. What are we talking about? When we talk about a devotion to our Blessed Mother, what exactly are and are not we talking about? Well, I think uh, non-Catholic Christians get a little apprehensive uh, because they think that many Catholics give undue veneration to Mary that kind of eclipses uh, required veneration and adoration of Jesus Christ, who is true, perfect God and perfect man. And I mean, the church from uh, time immemorial makes it very clear that, you know, she, she's not our version of a, of a Christian goddess uh, and that her whole reason, her whole reason of existence is to lead us to Christ. Mm-hmm. But what I would say as well, I mean, there's a, this comes from me, but I don't think I'm too far off the mark, that Mary also kind of completes, and i got to be careful with my vocabulary, the revelation of Jesus. Um, revelation reaches its highest point with the incarnation. Now we have a man who happens to be God at the same time. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Now, why Mary? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, one reason is that Mary, and it doesn't take anything away from Christ, it reinforces who Christ is. Mary, it, who is Jesus? Jesus is the perfect revelation, uh, visible revelation of the love of God the Father. That's what, that's what the incarnation is all about. Tra- mm-hmm. That's why it's called Word. It translates in human terms uh, how much God loves us. Mary translates being Christ-like in a feminine way. What would be the perfect Christ-like image of a woman? Mary, who is immaculately conceived, which which basically says that she reflects the humanity of Christ in a perfect way. It helps to be his mother, too. But so we cannot appreciate God's love for us without an image of father and mother. Jesus is the incarnation of God the Father, and Mary is the incarnation of the humanity of Jesus that gives us another side of God. St. Paul says that all parenthood, both fatherhood and motherhood, that begins in Genesis, refined a little bit more in St. Paul, that both, on a human level, equally reflect the love of God the Father. Mm. So that's... And there's tons of other reasons, too, that I could give, but that's, that's something we want to consider. And, and, and I try to tell, you know, in a gentle way, uh, to our brothers and sisters who are not Catholics, but they're Christians, that this is not a slight, this does not detract 
from our discipleship. In fact, it reinforces it. Uh, because what does Mary do? She, in the gospel, I know the gospel is very cursory in its mention of Mary and her words, etc. She brings us to Christ. She is that perfect mother uh, whose, whose task is to lead us to her son. That's how she's glorified. And if you once, you know, I, I was going through some old books, and there was a you know very old, old probably written in the early '60s, a life of saints, and you know it was it was okay. It was kind of a for you know 14 year olds, and I was leafing through it. And saints are very diverse. You have a Mother Teresa, you got a Padre Pio, you got a Sister Faustina, you got uh, Blessed Saint Giorgio, Saint Jose Maria Scriva, etc. But what I noticed, and it wasn't done on purpose, that there was a common denominator in all these great saints. And the common denominator was their devotion to Mary. Devotion to the Eucharist and devotion to Mary. And say, uh, that harkens back to St. John Paul, who says that um, the two pillars of evangelization are the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, and the Rosary. So it's interesting to note i could you know stop me because i could go on and on there was an, an <laughs> anecdote that occurred a number of years ago um this gentleman was interested in opus day why well because uh the message of opus day is being a disciple of christ smack in the middle of the world he was not a catholic and uh he said listen i think i'd like to get more involved with this and maybe even join, I said, well, uh, you're not a Catholic, so, you know, one step at a time. And he said, it's an institution of the Catholic Church. And I said, why would, you, why would you want to join an institution of the Catholic Church if you're not interested in the Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. He said, because of his writings, he says, he's so centered on the words of Jesus and his actions, and he translates that into daily life. And so I can't get enough of it. There's a, he says, there's a meditation on Mary, but, you know, I could move, I could gloss over that one. Um, And so I would say, well, that's why he is so enamored of the gospel and of the word of God, because of Mary. Mary has led, Mary leads you to do that. It's not a slight, it's a gift. I mean, there's, Jesus gave uh, two of his greatest gifts. Mary's his second greatest gift. His first greatest gift is himself in the Eucharist. And the second greatest gift is his own mother. And, uh, and in a certain sense, he gave us the Eucharist when he died on the cross, and he gave us the the Blessed Mother when he died on the cross. You know, which yeah. is the icon of his love for us. So right, right. Well, and what you're saying, Father, I know when I was uh, contemplating becoming Catholic, when I when that was oh uh, wow, yeah, this was uh, this was back a few years back. But um, one of the things that really spoke to me, especially when it comes to Mary and devotion, I didn't have a huge problem with Mary. It was pretty easy for me to get to to uh, to incorporate Mary into my my life of faith. But um, the Catechism, specifically paragraph four eighty seven, where it says the cat what the Catholic faith believes about Mary is based on what it believes about Christ. And what it teaches about Mary illumines, in turn, its faith in Christ. And I think that's exactly yes. what you're kind of talking about, yes. right? I mean, that's it's yes. it's yes. our devotion to Mary comes from our love and adoration and worship of Christ, and our devotion to Mary actually reveals more about who Jesus is, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's not you know, there's no incompatibility. Matter of fact, it's going to help a lot. 
You know, and even our, our, you know, our recent popes, uh, John Paul, Benedict, Francis, they all emphasize very strongly the word of God, the gospels, getting into that, taking to the prayer. And all three are very enamored of Mary. So there is definitely a connection of getting to know the humanity of Christ with Mary. Right. Our spiritual director today is Father Peter Armenio. Father Peter is a priest of Opus Dei and a widely sought speaker for preaching retreats and days of recollection. And uh, specifically, we're talking about devotion to Mary. What's your relationship with Mary like? Do you have a particular devotion that you really that really stands out in your life, has stood out in your life for a long time, has really helped you move into a closer relationship with Christ, her Son? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So in all of this, Father, and uh, this not to wade any further necessarily into the controversial bits of it, but specifically, um, the Catechism does also say in paragraph 971 that um, the devotion to the Blessed Virgin is intrinsic to Christian worship. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean that Marian devotion is intrinsic to Christian worship? Why is it so essential? Well, I think there's theological reasons there. Um, I think, let's keep it simple for starters, when Jesus hung on the cross, uh, he told John, who represented all of us, behold your mother. And he faced Mary and said, behold your son. So it is the will of Jesus that we have uh, Mary as our mother as well. More theologically speaking, the the Son of God came into this world through her. She had to. Int- she was part of the plan, and it'd be heresy to say that she conceived the Son of God. She didn't. The Holy Spirit did, as we recite in the Creed every Sunday. But she, the Holy Spirit, God needed that yes that we pronounce uh, in the Angelus, that yes from Mary for the Son of God to enter into our, our life. And so the church draws from that, that Jesus comes to us through Mary's yes. And it's not that, you know, we can't pray to Jesus or we have to worship Mary every time we talk to Jesus. That's not what the Catechism is saying. But recognition of Mary's immaculate conception, her immaculate motherhood, is intrinsic to uh, embracing the whole truth of the gospel. And we see that Mary, the formation of Jesus as a man, in significant part, came from the Blessed Mother and also St. Joseph, but the topic is Mary right now. And so that's part of it uh, as well. And that we... And there's all sorts of signs in the gospel that, you know, the first act of evangelization, literally the first act of evangelization, was performed by Mary. At the During the Annunciation, she was informed that her elderly cousin was with child. And we read the contents of that. And what does she do? Well, basically, she brings Jesus Christ to her cousin, and to St. John the Baptist, and John yeah. Baptist leaps for joy, where joy exclusively 
comes from this good news of great joy that happens to be Jesus Christ. And so the church sees that, I mean, observes that, contemplates that, that Mary is the first evangelizer in, on two fronts. One, because she says yes to the archangel and conceives the Son of God. And then immediately, that's what the gospel says, with haste, uh, and the Greek word almost implies almost running. She was young enough to do it. Um, and she brings Christ to her cousin uh, by her spirit of service, but at the same time, literally bringing her there. And it's recognized by John the Baptist. And so those are some of the uh, compelling reasons why the church says that. Yeah. Um, right. And you know what it illustrates for me, Father, is that just this incomprehensible truth, this mystery that God would seek for whatever reason, whatever divine reasons, to involve us, to involve mortals in his great plan of salvation. And it seems to me that that's exemplified most through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And uh, it's Absolutely. what a great gift. I mean, that that she's the first and perfect disciple. As you just said, she's the first and perfect evangelist. Um, and just what a, what a model, what a gift, and that she's our mother, mother too, seems to be like all, everything's coming together, I guess is what I'm saying. It's coming together, and then even even the, the Christmas event where we read about the shepherds coming uh, to visit, to adore Jesus, the gospel mentions Mary, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, that Mary's there again. Right. I mean, he's not worshipped without her, and, and the gospel mentions she's there, and then when the Magi, if I'm not mistaken, the same deal. There she is with her son. Um, so she's always accompanying her son. The first miracle, which also is uh, an allegory of evangelization. I mean, the chief allegory is the Eucharist. but it's, And you always see her part of that. You know, that miracle doesn't happen without her intervention. You know, he, in fact, he kicks off his public life with her. And I'm morally certain, even though the church doesn't teach that dogmatically, the reason why Mary asked for a miracle, because it would be, I don't know, I think absurd to ask Jesus to do something when you don't have any wine. Uh, what is he going to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, she, I'm sure he told his parents, I'm going public. You know, I'm, I'll work as a carpenter, but there's going to be a time where I'm going to start working miracles. I'm going to reveal my divinity. I'm sure he shared that with his own mother. Yeah, uh, because, yeah. you know, the mother knew that, you know, something was up. She, she incarnated the Son of God. She was told that. It was, you know, she was told that this, this little guy's God, you know. Yeah. And so that's why she prevailed on her son. Get it going now. And Jesus said, listen, my hour hasn't come yet. You know, I told you it would, it's not here yet. And Mary said, well, let's move it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. very good. We were speaking today with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio of Opus Dei, that, uh, about Marian devotion. If you have a particular Marian devotion that has just spoken to you in so many ways, drawing you deeper into relationship with the Lord, if there's ways that you've seen our Blessed Mother come through for you in her intercession on your behalf, give us a call. Give her give her a shout-out, and uh, let's uh, let's move ahead in our Marian devotion and our adoration of the Lord. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149 is our phone number, or send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Lots more of the inner life yet to come, so stay with us. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back right after this. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com forester. 
an Illinois Life Insurance Society, not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Glad that you've joined us as we're talking today about Marian devotion. I know you've got a story about some way that the Blessed Mother has come through for you or perhaps a favorite devotion to Mother Mary that you would like to share. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Father, let's, uh, before we resume the great conversation, let's take a few phone calls here. We've got Nancy who's calling in from Glenview, Illinois. Nancy, welcome to the show. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Hi, Father. Hello. Hi, Nancy. How are you doing? I'm very good. I have such, when you're talking about um, devotion to Mary, I have such an interesting little story. Like, um, it's not a coincidence. I'd like to think they're God incidents, and God works in very mysterious ways. My mom and my aunt were orphaned at a very young age. They were in Italy, uh, born in Italy, and um, they lost their parents. They were, I think, like three and four, three and five. My mom was younger. My Ooh. aunt was the older one, and um, my my aunt was born on March 25th, the Annunciation. My mom was born on September 15th, Our Lady of Sorrows, and they ended up being um, really abandoned by family members, and nobody ever really took them in, um, so they had to go to a religious institution in an orphanage. So my oh. aunt ended up staying there. And became a, a sister, our lady, um, a sister of the Good Shepherds, and she was very devoted to Mary and taught me all about Mary and saints. And it's uh, I too have great faith like that, devoted to Mary. And my mom ended up coming here to this country, <laughs> and has excuse me, quite a wonderful story. They both lived till when my aunt passed away, ninety-one. My mom is. 90 plus, and she would always say, you know, Nancy, God doesn't take everything away from you, and she knows she had a good life. She was blessed, and it's truly because our blessed mother Mary. Very moving, Nancy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that, Nancy. Wow. The blessed mother coming through uh, in so many wonderful, wonderful ways in, in, in her provision, her intercession, and her beseeching God's help and for all of, all these sorrows, all these things that we can uh, we can encounter in our life. And that's another thing too, Father, isn't it? That, that um, of course, we know that our Lord is no stranger to suffering, but as we, we also should know, Our Lady is no stranger to suffering either, right? Not at all. Uh, this is more theological um, that she knew better than anybody else what that messiah would go through right he's revealed very clearly in the psalms and the prophets especially isaiah that he'd be a, a suffering servant and details of the passion matter of fact in a certain sense there's more details of the passion a thousand years before jesus came than the actual gospels so she was very much aware and that's verified by her magnificat because her magnificat she draws from all over the old testament so she knew her Old Testament, and plus she was immaculately conceived, so her mind was very keen, very sharp. There was no defects in her mind, especially with spiritual uh, truths and realities. So she knew what was in store for her. And, you know, when she said, you know, be it done unto me according to thy word, it kind of reflects 
a little bit what Jesus said in, in the agony in the garden, not your will, but your will, not my will, but your will be done. And then she kept getting hints or verif- reinforcements of this imminent suffering that she would be intimately linked, being his mom, uh, especially uh, when she presented Jesus obeying the Jewish law. Uh, he, firstborn had to be redeemed and you know went through the ceremony. She had to go through a purification ceremony, and it was revealed to her that a sword would pierce her heart. Right. So that verified what she knew already. And at first she didn't understand why would a good son get, linger in the temple and make my husband, his father, his, foster, his adopted father and me, suffer so much. And she, in the Gospel of Luke, says she contemplated that, and she probably began to realize that this would soften the blow that she would uh, receive in Jerusalem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when Jesus would die on the cross. Right, right. And, and plus, she was very much aware of what he said. I, mean, I don't know, I, I, it, she's not on record, or he's not on record, but if he's going to talk about his passion and resurrection to his apostles, yeah, he certainly is going to tell his mother that too. Yeah, yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, and mothers know perhaps better than anyone else how how much that they can walk through the whatever it is that their children are facing. And another right. great reason to make Mary such a central part of our living out of our Catholic faith. Well, thank you, Nancy, for the phone call. Let's thank go you, now Nancy. to let's go now to Rose, who's calling in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Rose, welcome to the show. Hi, hi, Patrick, and hi, Father Peter. How are you? Hi, Rose. Oh. Hi, good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, so I have a special love and devotion to our Blessed Mother because, first of all, she always leads us to Jesus, and I wish sometimes our non-Catholic Christian friends would understand that. Um, my middle name is Mary. Um, oh, nice. This was, yeah, several, several years ago, I was caretaking my mom for over four years. She passed away in front of me on May 30th, and she passed away calling out to her mom and calling out to the Blessed Mother. Two and a half months after that, I am celebrating the Feast of the Assumption at a shrine. I don't know if you've heard about it in North Jackson, Ohio. It's the Basilica and National. Okay, it is the Basilica and National Shrine of Our Lady of Lebanon. I'm Eastern Catholic, um, so my parents were from Lebanon, and the shrine that was built back. Yeah, the shrine that was built in this location back in the '60s was um, like a replication of the one that is in Lebanon of the Shrine of oh, the Blessed Mother. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, so on August 15th, even though I kind of, I always go, but I was sad and in a lot of grief because my mom had just died two and a half months ago. Uh, my friends encouraged me, and I went, and I met my future husband there. God so bless you. She's, Wonderful. Yeah, she's really there for us in our time of need, and I'm very blessed. You are blessed. She is always with us. You're correct. I'm glad everybody's listening to that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. And uh, yeah, Rose, thanks for calling in. And I, we all pray that your your earthly mother is now in the arms of your heavenly mother, and that uh, yeah, that they are enjoying eternity together, and that and they're interceding on our behalf. Yeah. So thank you, Rose. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that very much. 
Let's uh, go to Ann, who's calling in from Glenview, Illinois. Ann, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Um, So uh, my Marian story is that um, Mary is really the reason that I am Catholic again today. I call myself a reaver. It came back to my faith. A lot of people go to college and they lose their faith. I went to college and I found mine. Um, So the story is that I used to have really bad nightmares. And um, I called my mom um, once because I had, you know, hadn't had a good night's sleep in a very long time. And um, she suggested to me for, I don't know how, you know, time after time to pray. And this time I finally heard it. And so she said to say a Hail Mary next time I wake up. So I woke up in the middle of the night, said the Hail Mary, freaked out, you know, after a bad dream. And it was the first night I went back to sleep and didn't have any more bad dreams. Um, and I thought, okay, this is a weird, this is weird. What's this prayer saying? Who is Mary? Um, and I, I went back to my faith. I, um, I, you know, not Catholic right away. I went to explore different Christian churches, but then um, a tragedy happened in my friend's family. And I, the first thing I thought to do was to go to the chapel and pray the rosary. So she's really the reason that I... Um, and I'm Catholic. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. I hope you share that with other people too. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, well thank I... you so much for having me, Father Peter. Um, good to hear your voice. <laughs> good to hear your voice. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for calling in. And uh, yeah, great testimonies of uh, um, how our lady is drawing people closer and closer to Jesus. I mean, again, that's why we started the show, saying that that's what she's all about. She's wanting people to come into close relationship with her son, to Jesus through Mary, right? We're just uh, we're singing the praises of our Blessed Mother as we are talking about Marian devotion with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio. If you have a testimony to give about how your devotion to our Blessed Mother has actually drawn you closer in to Jesus and his church, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, as we're as we're thinking about this, and maybe maybe it'd just be worth kind of going through some of the some of the more popular and maybe some of the more obscure or lesser known uh, ways of Marian devotion. And I know that we could fill the rest of the show with these, but what are what are just a few of the of the ways that we can practice devotion to our Blessed Mother? Well, one, uh, let me state the obvious, especially since she herself is on record for asking for this devotion. And that is the recitation of the rosary that uh, honors her. And as John Paul, St. John Paul taught in his uh, celebrated document on the rosary, that we contemplate the life of Jesus, the principal uh, events of the life of our Lord. And we can we also contemplate his words, etc., as we immerse ourselves in the scenes and, and speak to Christ in these different events. And it's not just a re- review of history or a reconstruction of scenes gone, you know, of the past, as much as, you know, Jesus is man, but he's also God. So everything he did is eternal. It's a mystery. And everything he did was for me personally. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is relevant. His birth is for me. His death is for me. His resurrection is for me. And, you know, billions of other people, too, but in an individual sense. And so the rosary gives me an opportunity to contemplate the Word of God, which is spirit and life. And we do it through the eyes of Mary, with Mary. There's many ways to do it. And I would always say that the when we recite those Hail Marys, it's sort of the background music 
of our contemplation of the life of Christ. I like uh, that. With, with, with Mary. Yeah. And so she asked for it. And she says, great things will happen if you do this. And, you know, I can't help uh, reflect on Fatima, uh, how communism cr- came crashing down and how those prophecies were fulfilled and how uh, the Holy Father's life was spared. I, I, that happened to be the third secret. Or, uh, and he was, you know, it was no accident because he was very devoted to Mary himself. So, and, and throughout history, you know, it began... Uh, started to gain momentum with St. Dominic uh, in southern France. He's a Spaniard, and he was renowned as a very holy, saintly man and a great preacher. Hence, he found the Order of Preachers, which are the Dominicans. And there was a virulent heresy uh, or apostasy going on in southern France. In a started in a little town called Albi. And so the, these people who veered away are called Albi, Al, Al, Albigensians. And so the Pope, the reigning Pope, asked him to go to southern France and preach to them because they left the church, the Catholic Church, because they felt there was too many abuses, uh, too much laxity, uh, too much uh, veering away from the essentials, you know, uh, how history repeats itself. So they yeah. wanted to live the original poverty and asceticism that was revealed in the gospel and move away from the sacraments and the priesthood. And so it was, you know, and they would really promote a fasting to such a degree that you would essentially commit suicide. Mm. And they thought any kind of marital relations, sexual relations, they saw as impure. So, you know, it wasn't a fruitful heresy. And um, to be honest, they even uh, advocated, you know, if, Plan B could be same, uh, same sex unions, uh, and so that alarmed the, the Pope, <laughs> obviously. And so he sent Dominic down there. Mm-hmm. Dominic preached, and uh, in an immediate sense, got nowhere. And uh, I guess in modern terms, we call it. A, he went into a, he started to go head back to Spain, and he was so discouraged and depressed that he just dozed off leaning on a tree in the woods and he had an apparition of mary who kind of corrected him in a motherly way you know dominic you're not doing this right and she said you've got to uh pray the rosary and get back there and pray the rosary pray for their conversion pray that that heresy come to an end and involve me involve my intervention and so he went back and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any Albigensians. Do you? So <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It, it, right? It, it, it worked. And so throughout history, I mean, there's all sorts. You know, the Rosary and the Battle of Lepanto. That's right. why we have the Feast of the Lady of the Rosary. But throughout history, yeah. I mean, we don't need all this extraordinary stuff. Uh, the Rosary is the immediate effect. It, it helps be holy, yeah. and it wins graces for other people. But it has to be said. I, I always say, you know. We may be distracted. I mean, people have different degrees of concentration, but I think we all need to deal with her as a daughter or a son deals with his mom, who happens to be immaculately conceived and queen of heaven and earth. I mean, a lot of times, you know, without any ill will, matter of fact, goodwill, but we could rattle that rosary off routinely, and the distraction could be the distraction of routine instead of a distraction of weakness, which is compatible with, I think, a good rosary as long as we really want to say it with love. 
Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's a very that, good that's point, one that's what that's one prayer. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. The one. <laughs> <laughs> right. We got we got lots more. Yeah, that's right. Lots more to talk about here as we're talking about Marian devotion. If the Rosary is part of your regular devotion, and I got to say that a lot of the uh, faithful Catholics that I'm interacting with today, they tell me story after story of, of praying the Rosary every week or even every day with their family growing up, and that has made such a difference in their life. If you have a story to tell about your family's Marian devotion. Uh, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, Of course, it's never too late to start that tradition, maybe with the Family Rosary Across America every night here on Relevant Radio at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to take another short break, but when we come back, more of your calls and more with Father Peter Arminio, our spiritual director for today. We'll be right back. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. I'm Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser, who's taking your phone calls. And he is being busy today. Apparently, Catholics love Mary. (laughs) Imagine that. That's a good thing. And we are talking today about devotion to our Blessed Mother. Uh, And, well, it is the month of May, and so we're celebrating her specifically throughout this month and talking about how the Blessed Virgin has uh, played a role in your spiritual development, drawing you closer to her son and to his church. Our spiritual director is Father Peter Arminio, a priest of Opus Dei, widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of recollection. Well, Father, I think we should go back to the phones now. We've got Dory, who's calling in from Chicago. Dory, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, well, I was going to just get, go into the story about my first grandson who had a kidney transplant and had received my, my son's kidney, and he was only supposed to have a 2% uh, chance to live. But I will enlarge it by saying there's this grotto at my parish. Now I, I, I moved, but St. Matthew's uh, in Schaumburg. And so I would always go there to pray. I was a catechist. and. You know, and and so um, that that place became very dear to me when I had major, major, um, just uh, really, really difficult situations with my three kids. All of them encountered something really um, difficult in terms of health, uh, the kidney transplant, uh, my son-in-law with his kidney shutting down when my daughter was um just engaged to him they were going to get married and and you know they went through she she stayed at his side they're now now been married they have three children it's beautiful then my second my second daughter who was supposed to be get married to this uh to this young man but i knew when i first met him that he was wrong for her and uh to make a long story short i came up with the idea i didn't know what to do because i i I, I really wanted something to happen. She had already sent the invitations out for the wedding and, and absolutely knew that, that he was, um, he, 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 he was, uh, there was something, something that I, in my heart, I knew was, was going to be um, suffering for my daughter. So I went to the grotto with my husband and we prayed. And of course, the idea came to me that 
I just told my daughter, well, why don't you just postpone the wedding? Go to Middlebury, continue your MA, blah, 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 and, and, and maybe, you know, this will give you a little bit more time. Sure enough, she postponed the wedding. It was the best thing she did in her life. And then she met someone else who, uh, with whom, you know, she's been, she has four children now. And, uh, and so that grotto was always, uh, my, um, that the one place that I knew I was going to get an answer, um, Mary interceding for us, and and uh, I would I always find peace there, and I always knew there would be an answer, no matter, you know, if, if the answer was going to be difficult, it, it, it was it, it was an extraordinary um, way to uh, to petition to God. Through Mary, um, it was a grotto of Our Lady of Lords there. Yeah, you know so, what, Dory? Let me let me uh, just jump in and and ask Father. So, Father, too, uh, this is a it's a interesting concept that Dory is bringing up there. That sometimes there are these places of prayer that we go. We can go to Marian apparition sites and we go to grottos. Do you want to just give our listeners what is a grotto? Well, a grotto is, uh, I guess, it comes from the Latin word gruta, which means a niche. A niche in a face, a, a, a rock face. It's a cave. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, isol- you, know you, you put a statue in there, it's, it's kind of highlighted, isolated a little bit. And that's, that's a grotto, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe now a grotto could be a shrine that at least there's a, you know, uh, a rock uh, frame there. But Mary's Mary. She's uh, whether you're on a, a subway or driving uh, to work, she's there. With that being said, uh, a shrine has special graces, not because there is any magic to it, but it is a place that Mary has intervened or has received from the church uh, a Marian endorsement or even the people themselves. And so people go there with a spirit of faith, a spirit of love for Our Lady. And Our Lady, to put it in human terminology, is especially, more than more inclined, especially inclined to bless us with, with grace. If I would, you know, if I, if I had my druthers, I would certainly go to Lourdes if I had a serious illness or a loved one had one, um, because I know that's a place where Mary intervenes for the sick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Can she intervene any place? Of course she can. You know, you may not be, be able to afford to go to France from here, uh, yeah. but these places have uh, Mary has special inclination to bless us in these places. Right, right. Well, yeah, and, and Dory, thank you for the call. Thank you for the testimony to uh, to how you've seen the Blessed Mother work in your spiritual life. If you have a a story to tell, give us a call, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Let's go now to Chris, who's calling in from Elmhurst, Illinois. Chris, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. Thank you for call, taking my call. I have a wonderful story. Um, my mother was an orphan, and she was always dedicated to the Blessed Mother. She took her as her mother. She passed that mm-hmm. on to me. When I was first married, this is back in the 70s when... Uh, Everything was really bad financially. My husband lost his job, and we had just been married. We had all kinds of bills, and he was just despondent, and we were so stressed, and I didn't know what to do. So I started 
novena to the Blessed Mother uh, in request and also in Thanksgiving. The day that I finished the novena, my husband came home and said, you'll never guess, I found a job. And I said, really, where? And he said, Rosary College. (laughs) That's amazing. That's really neat. Yeah. Very good. Good story. Good anecdote. Yeah, exactly. It's all. It's it's again. It's these little these little signs that you know what uh, God is paying attention. Yep, and and uh, He will bless us in amazing ways. Uh, not always obvious, but uh, I think one of the things you were talking, Father, about praying the Rosary, and I think in my own life, one of the things that praying the Rosary has one fruit that I see in my own life is that it's 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 drawing me to recognize some of these ways that probably previously I either took for granted or was just blind to that. You know what? The Lord is involved every moment of every day that he's here. He's there. And our blessed mother is there just to facilitate that, to, you know, keep that going. And it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, testimony. And thank you. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. Let's go now to Greg, who's calling in from St. Paul, Minnesota. Greg, welcome to the inner life. Thank you very much. It's uh, been very good uh, uh, hearing what's set, what's being said. Um, I uh, belong to a Catholic uh, parish, and uh, through my involvement with hearing about a uh, new group, a new ministry starting up at our church, uh, it was one that I hadn't heard of before, but it's called the Legionnaires of Mary. And um, I've, I've certainly heard of how uh, in the lives of different saints, like St. Louis de Montfort, Maximilian Colby, etc., St. Dominic, um, uh, I knew that uh, our, our mother uh, has uh, uh, influenced religious orders and in, influenced religious uh, books like True Devotion, St. Louis, St. Louis's book. Anyway, um, I was able to learn um, from people who decided to join the Legionnaires of Mary that... Um, uh, there, there's a fellow behind that, and his name is Frank Duff. He's an he's an Irishman, and he was born um, long before, uh, well, 1889. But anyways, he was a, a fellow who uh, started the Legionnaires, and um, so it's kind of like through his inspiration that we work in concert with our pastor, uh, wanting to know uh, how we can make Mary better known to our parishioners. And that's something that we uh, got started up last year. And it's wonderful how people um, who uh, decide to join, they already have a love for our mother, um, but they want to know more and they want to serve her more because we always know or we, we are teaching each other that Mary's always on the same page as her son. And so uh, anyways, yeah, so we uh, started a practice of, of – uh, uh, acquiring a, a, a statue of Our Lady of Fatima, and then we would ask um, or, or invite parishioners if they want to uh, have the, that that uh, figure of, of Our Lady in their home, we would be glad to bring it to them uh, for a week. And uh, so we, we, we did that uh, throughout most of the last year, and uh, we would visit... Uh, parishioners were registered parishioners who who uh wanted to deepen their devotion okay so anyway uh that that's uh that's something i've become involved in and it's been a great blessing for for uh for me as well as for others who uh uh who um uh know about uh, our activities 
That's great, Greg. Thank you so much Greg, for that. Thank and you. Great, great testimony to uh, the power of even the image of Mary, which, by the way, we had an email come in too, Father. And uh, this email is, is from, right? from someone named Margaret. And she said for many years they had a very serious gang problem on her street. Um, wow. Drugs, drugs being sold, young junior high children um, to the to the young junior high children. A number of times there's gunfire going off. And then uh, one day after Mass, she says a friend of hers told her to put a statue of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in her front window. So she did. She went home, put the statue of Our Lady in the window that evening. And here's what she says. She says, that was the last time the gangs were on the block. They all just disappeared. And there was peace on our block from then on. She says, praise God and thank you, Blessed Mother. What a beautiful, what a beautiful testimony. Isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. even the image of Our Lady will inspire virtue. Of course. Um, and of course. Yeah, just just seeing her and rem- being remembered, being reminded that you know what you've got a mother who loves you, and who's um, who's there and wanting you to be your best self. Uh, exactly. Uh, what a what a wonderful uh, devotion we have. Um, good, uh, you know, I just have to say thank you to all the people who have called in because um, there there have been numerous calls, and we are so grateful for everybody who is showing their devotion to the Blessed Mother, and specifically how uh, giving her testimony about how she and her intercession with the Lord has really uh, moved people into a deeper relationship um, with with Christ and with his church. Father, just before we go, um, or before we ask you for your blessing here, just in closing, um, what might be a, a good way to start if you're, if you're at a position that you haven't um, really developed any Marian devotions in your life? Well, I would start maybe in a very realistic, humble way and begin with a good decade of the rosary and choose a mystery that would be easy to construct, the birth of our Lord, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and talk to the main character and, uh, and the secondary main character, which is the Blessed Mother. I would do that. Uh, I would learn the Memorare. I know, I know that's a, a very popular devotion mm-hmm. here in Relevant Radio. I would Absolutely. recite that every day. Um, I would uh, I got learn this from St. Jose Maria, three Hail Marys uh, for, for holy purity at night. Uh, I would start small. I'd have a picture of Our Lady, an image of Our Lady, and not just as a decorative item, but as a reminder to say something to her. And again, the object of the game is to treat her as who she is, that perfect mother who loves us to the very last detail. Yeah. And she'll lead us to Jesus. Amen. She will. Well, thank you, Father Peter, for being our spiritual director today. Thank you to all who called in. Father Peter, before we let you go, may we have your blessing, please. Sure. May the blessing of Almighty God through the intercession of Mary descend upon all you listeners. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good being with you. God bless. See you next time. Amen. We will see you next time, Father Peter. Thank you so much for being our spiritual director today. If you missed any part of the show, uh, go back, have a listen to it on the show page, relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for your love for the Blessed Virgin Mary throughout this month of May. May it continue to grow and develop and may she always, as Father Peter just said, lead you closer and closer to the Lord. I mean, that's what we're all about. That's how we cultivate the inner life. Thank you for listening to the show today. We'll catch you very soon. Until next time, grace and peace.